Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Technical delays, we are going and we are starting off this podcast. So, welcome back to the Core Perform Corner, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, we did have a winner to announce this week for the giveaway. It was, um, I, I took a screenshot of it, but now that I'm live on my phone I can't really open it up it was Adam J 1994 I think or something um I will so congratulations to them they have won this week this month's giveaway um don't forget that you guys can always enter to win prizes every single month by uh, leaving us a review taking a screenshot and sending it to us um at Corp Form Coaching um in other news Next week, in exactly one week, so if you are listening to this podcast, it will be literally tomorrow. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it'll be on tomorrow. Um, We are going to have a free webinar. So anyone who wants to join and learn about gut health, they're invited to listen and join in on this free webinar. You're going to learn everything um, you need to know to basically like make a first step forward in your gut health journey. So, and in any journey. So I know it's confusing when the doctors come, come to you and they're like, I don't know, um, my doctor put me on IBS or Miralax or whatever. Um, this is kind of your gateway of how to get navigating through that. Um, excuse my SpongeBob voice and the fact that, or my Patrick, or no, Squidward, that's who it was. <laughs> my Squidward voice, I have a, um, stuffy nose it is not covid um thank you all for your concerns out of the out of the gate with no concerns here but anyways let's just get started i've been rambling too much um and we have so many questions to go through kyler why don't you just kick us off you got it all right so first question i got was some say tracking calories is bad or can be disordered is that true or is there more to it So there's a lot of nuance here. Um, It's just like anything else. It's not inherently good or bad necessarily, but it's a tool and you can use that for good purposes and it can be done healthfully and it doesn't have to be something that makes you obsessive and always just like being neurotic about it. It reaches a point of, I guess, disorder or being unhealthy when it's really negatively affecting our lives. And I actually just listened to a podcast about this. I'm sure Nick probably did too, um, about uh, eating disorders. And obviously that's out of our scope. That's not something that like Nick or I should be managing with you and working on. But at the same time, just know that calorie tracking is a tool and it can be a phenomenal thing, uh, but it can also reach a disordered point when it's negatively affecting your life. Okay. Uh, you guys have anything to add on that? I couldn't agree more. And I honestly think that a lot of it is, 
I'm gonna be completely honest, like because I was in that world too, and I was like, no, no, like you can do, you can do macro tracking, and you can do whatever. Honestly, guys, like being where I am today, looking back at at my journey, like I don't think it's disordered per se, but I do think that it's not normal. I think that it's really weird, like really. If you think about it, really, like if you go out to dinner with someone who's not into fitness, not into bodybuilding, whatever, and you're like tracking whatever. Like, that's just not normal, right? So is that necessarily a bad thing? Maybe not. Maybe yes. It, it, it's so individualized per that person. I always like to say that tracking your macros should be a tool. It's not a way to live your life. Um, and if it is a way to live your life, then I would just make sure that your core values align with that life. Agreed. Yeah, it's a tool. I use I use it just to teach people mainly because, I mean, I don't track macros year round, but there's certain times that I'm like, all right, well, I'm trying to hit this goal. I need to know what I'm eating. I'll track for a few days, see what my caloric intake is, step it up from there or step it down from there, depending on my goal. And after I get back in a routine, I stop tracking again because I know where I'm at. So each person's honestly, different. I feel like that's the, that's the thing that bodybuilding misses the most. And I don't want to go off and derail this all conversation, but like, I feel like people get so hyped up. They're like, oh, I need to compete. Oh, I want to compete. And that's awesome for that maybe one or two years that you really want to compete. But like, is your life truly, truly at the end of the day, when you sit down and you go to, and you're on your deathbed, was that your goal in life to compete? And that's fine if it was. God, that's fine. I would love for you. I mean, Olympic athletes, like whatever. That's great right? Everyone has a goal and a destination and a journey. I just want to make sure you are aligned with that. And when you are, it needs to be 110% and it needs to be for the long term of that, of that goal, right? It's not for the, the here and there or a trend or a fad. Anyways, moving on to the next question. <laughs> How effective is um, Zafaxman or Rifaxman, um in treating SIBO? So for those who don't know, this is the most common antibiotic that is used to treat hydrogen-dominant SIBO. Um, it is about 45, well, 45% 45 of people end up getting relapsed from SIBO. So out of that, with if it happens within three months, you just get another antibiotic course from your doctor. Um, if it's after three months, and it's been three months since you last got SIBO, they will have to order another breath test on you to reconfirm the SIBO, and then you'll get the antibiotic. Um, the antibiotic that's used the second time around can be the same, or it can be alternating. So typically what happens is if you, if it didn't clear your SIBO the first round, then they'll probably put you on a second round of it, maybe a third round of it until it clears out. Um, but if it comes back after that three month period, you're going to have to get another breath test, which is a pain in the butt because if anyone who's done it, it's a three hour test drinking straight glucose substrate or lactulose substrate. So it's not fun. Um, so yeah, it is not great. Um, I will say that working with core perform, we try and choose the best strategy for you and prevent teach you everything you need to know in order to prevent that from happening. So tips like focusing on motility. Um, I personally am not a fan of the current supplements for motility, like Modal Pro, a lot of um, dietitians use for um, pure encapsulations. The reason being, I think it's underdosed and it's not effective as a result. Um, I instead like to focus on lifestyle habits, stress relief, 
um, high dose ginger, making sure motility is active through magnesium supplementation when necessary, etc. Kyler, take it away with the next question. You got it. Um, so this one was, can't I just start working out more and doing more cardio to lose weight? Do I actually have to change my eating? I really love food. Okay. So, um, I think an issue here is we all love food. Who doesn't like, we all love hyper palatable food. That's like why it's hype, like why they make it that way. It's to biology. Make us want it. <laughs> exactly. And, um, so I think that it's really important for people to understand that you're basically deciding, um, <laughs> you need to understand where your food intake is at regardless. If you want to hit a particular goal with your physique, you need to know where that's at and you need to control the different variables such as your food, such as the cardio, such as the training. The more well-rounded you are in, or I guess the more holistic approach you take, um, manipulating each of those, the better results you'll get and the more you can actually guarantee a result. So for instance, I have plenty of in-person clients who come to me and they don't want to change their eating habits exactly like this. They love food. Well, we train, we push them through the workouts. They're workouts that if we were manipulating their food, they would see the progress and results that we want to see. But if they're not changing their eating habits at all, and let's just say because they're working out with me more, now they go home, they're more hungry, they're eating more. Now we're just kind of offsetting things and not actually getting them to their, go to their goals. So the more we have control over each of those variables, the better. 100%. Awesome. Um, do you have anything else to add, Nick? No, that pretty much, <laughs> that pretty much all encompassed it. You, I mean, you got to know... You really basically, you, you can't outwork a bad diet. So I believe me, I think all three of us have tried it at some point. I know oh, yeah. I have for years, so it doesn't work. <laughs> you got to know, you got to know what you're eating, eat for your goals and also have the flexibility. And that's why going back to tracking macros, mm -hmm. not something that's bad, but if you are able to know what you're eating and for me and my clients, I normally do an 80, 20 rule where 80%. Is what, I, is what I'm trying to hit. 20% is for the things that are good food, you know, or good tasting food, I yeah. should say, but that's kind of how, that's kind of how I live it. So it's, it's a good balance. Exactly. I like that. One of the next questions that I thought was a really good one was, um, what's the difference between Manuka honey versus regular honey? Other than the fact that it's 50 bucks versus 10. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen, by the way, if the, and this is a great example of it, um, Manuka Honey is sold at Costco in the supplement section, all right? So if you were to go to buy it, and that's, this really does exemplify how Manuka Honey should be viewed as, um, because Manuka Honey, as a result of the specific, like, uh, floral routes of the flowers that are used from New Zealand in order to create this, um, it translates into a lot of those uh, antimicrobial, like polyphenol rich or phenolic rich uh, honey content that is then used as an antimicrobial property. And so what they do is they give it a unique Manuka factor, which is a UMF rating. So you can actually buy Manuka honey that is more potent in this antibiotic property or less 
um, potent in its its amounts. No um, way. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, yeah. So Manuka honey is really great for things like H. pylori. Um, it has great antimicrobial benefits against that. Um, another question was a follow-up of with H. pylori now that I'm on the topic was about asking if they have like um, shared plates and cups that they're sharing with their family because H. pylori does live in the mouth and so it's transferred by saliva. So it's very common, 50% of the population has it and it can be very common, like you kiss someone or you share a spoon and they might be able to catch it. Now remember, it's just like, think about it like a probiotic. Let's think about it this way. Imagine how much bacteria would have to be on that spoon in order for you to have a viable environment for that H. pylori to then thrive in the other person's system. Now, that doesn't mean that it you don't need to be worrying about it. Because yeah, you probably should. You should be worried about it. But one time passing the spoon, maybe not. However, if you are constantly kissing someone, if you're constantly sharing foods with someone, if you're constant, like you would and your partner, perhaps, that's when you need to be more like, okay, let's both go on treatment protocols. Let's both be a little bit more isolated from that for a little bit, and then we can get back into it. Um, but nothing you need to really worry too, too much about. Another question, sorry, that I'm still on the Manuka honey thing. You're good. They were wondering what the ratings were that I would recommend. And honestly, because it's dose dependent, you can buy the highest amount and have less of it, or you can have a smaller amount and have more of it. Um, typically, I just like to say, just have like a teaspoon. It's not a cure-all for by any means, right? Just <laughs> like anything. Um, so... Hopefully that helps with that. Do you have the next question? Yes. All right. So the next one is, what is the best training split for putting on muscle? Nick, how do you feel? You want to cover this one? The best training split to put on muscle. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So, I mean – there's so many different types of types of splits. Um, but when I, what I've really figured out over this last couple of years is um, do the split that allows you to increase weight over time, increase intensity over time while taking the recovery needed and then repeat it and then get better and get better and get better. So whether that's push, pull legs, day off or push, pull day off legs, day off. I mean, like there's so many different, variations but there's a difference between like doing a workout plan and then actually going in and training so when we're going in and training we have a specific goal and process and progress just like dash was saying have a goal work towards that goal mm -hmm. and do things that align with that goal instead of just going in and working out and saying well i hope i gain muscle you know because that was that was me for a really long time yeah absolutely um, so I would say it really, you want to have a split that you can passionately pursue, like a, a split that you feel like you can give your workouts 100%. Um, that's not always easy. <laughs> um, but basically, like, you would be shocked how many different 
perspectives there are on this in the industry. And if you listen to all these different podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever, this is a nonstop debate. So it's always like, should we be training everything twice a day? Should we be training individual muscle groups every day? Like what's the right way to do it? It's whatever you are going to pursue passionately with intensity and can continue progressing like Nick said. Yeah, I would say always just going through phases where you're trying out different types of sports and everything. Yeah. Um, because I personally have found that like, all right, once I get into the routine, like I've tried like higher frequency um, where it's like, I tried actually, if anyone has seen like Jeff Nippard's glute hypertrophy program, yeah. I did it for kicks for like three months, I think, or two months because I was just like, I wonder what will happen. And it really yeah. deprioritized. It's literally legs like almost every day. And I don't find that that's necessary or at all for progress. And yeah. in fact, that I don't recover well from when the frequency is that high, even if it's just metabolic work one day. Um, yeah. I prefer to have more spread out um, training sessions. Um, yeah. Even thinking now, like going back, I'd probably, if I were to start over again, I'd probably do like one a day, um, like your classic bodybuilding split, like back and buys, chest and tries shoulders and yeah. like I would probably go back to the classic if I were to start over right now yeah I just there's so many different ways to go about it and you should just try pretty much all of them but just make sure that when you are trying them you're actually being intentional about it and you're not just like skipping from one to the next you're actually putting in a good amount of time to progress on the movements so right Another really good question I got was, there's info out there about eating to support your cycle. With recently restoring my period, I've noticed GI changes as it gets closer. Is there truth to this that eating a certain way or certain foods could be helpful around the time of your period? I'm assuming it's individual. Um, honestly, just like the severity of PMS symptoms that you're having, um, the foods that you eat accordingly will be aligned with that. And really the foods are meant to support that inflammation versus and reducing that inflammation versus necessarily supporting the hormones directly so whenever you see like foods to support your hormones it's mainly focusing on things that are necessary um, to relieve those pms symptoms right like you want to av avoid having excess amounts of like diet coke or sorry coca-cola with like excess added sugars obviously because that's going to be inflammatory and instead you want to focus on things like turmeric curcumin um chocolate even they say because of the magnesium and iron and zinc um really what you want to be focusing on throughout your life are nutrient-dense foods and this will help to lower inflammation overall which will help to reduce any sort of symptoms um, or gi issues that a result as as you regain more hormonal function. Um, another question about hormone restoration, is it better to not work out at all while healing than risk other health issues or is it better to do light exercise when you can? This is very person specific. I will say that there has been um, literature to support that um, reducing exercise completely, um, even so what they did was there was a study and they took two groups. They took a group that had, both of them were recovering. So they were anorexic and they were recovering to be fully weight restored. Um, but also remember when a lot of these people, when it comes to hormone restoration, a lot of people do need to put on more body fat, especially coming from 
um, an exercise background. So um, you, maybe you don't have anorexia per se, but the general population is very similar in that weight gain goal. So anyways, um, they took these two groups. One was exercising with recovery and the other one wasn't. The one that was not exercising had better bone mineral density once they reached their weight restored period and afterwards than the other group. So with that said, everyone is different. <laughs> so you may, you may benefit from just completely taking time off from the gym. You may need a little bit just to move your body a little bit and that makes you feel happy. But there are so many ways to um, move your body and um, there's just a fine line between people who are hormone restorating versus people with eating disorders or um, overcoming something mentally that's preventing them to put on the weight, right? And mm -hmm. so a lot of that too, um, I always like to ask if you're wondering who you are or what stage of this you're at, um, I always like to say like, if I have a client who at the end of the day, they're like, I'm in too much digestive distress, I can't eat anymore. I always say, well, if I asked you to eat two tablespoons of olive oil and your life depended on it for the next three weeks at the end of the day, would you be able to do it? And if they say yes, like, I'm happy to do that, then that should be a clear sign to you, like, yeah, they're fine, right? Because they're willing to do what it takes. I mean, two tablespoons of olive oil is not going to do anything to any of us. It's not going to be uncomfortable <laughs> for the time being, but, you know. Um, so that's a good question I like to always ask. Um, people or yourself if you're wondering where you are on that spectrum and based off of that spectrum then you can kind of say like okay well since I'm questioning this maybe I shouldn't really be exercising right now because that's my mental health isn't in a really great place that makes sense and I mean at the end of the day it's basically just if you're working with someone to help you heal listen to them <laughs> take that advice when Dasha tells you to back yeah. off completely. <laughs> <laughs> Another question I got was, why would my nose run every time I eat? Um, that's a histamine, yes, it's a histamine reaction. It is an allergic reaction to, not an allergic, but um, mast cell mediated reaction. Um, those people with IBS have higher numbers of mast cells in their gut. So if you have been diagnosed with IBS, um, First of all, you probably have SIBO. Um, you would, there's like a 50-50% chance. Um, don't quote me on that. I think it's actually like 40-60% chance. I think it's like 40% of people with IBS have uh, SIBO. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, so you will be more intolerant to foods through histamine reactions. Um, so that is why your nose is running after you eat. Interesting. And her follow-up question, sorry, I keep going. Um, oh, the question was, how does she meal prep if she has histamine intolerance? Because histamines build um, in foods if you leave them overnight or so forth. And so um, I always say freeze them. Smart. Yes. I actually didn't know that about histamine, <laughs> that it increases overnight when you leave it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anything that you prepare overnight. And things, that's why, like, leftovers um, are big histamine liberators or his, have histamine reactions. Yeah. Um, same thing with canned foods as well as, um, like, cured foods like salami, because think about how long that's been lying around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Something to be mindful of, for sure. 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, do you guys have any other questions or should I? Keep <laughs> I, think, I think we have I think one more. I, I do. You want us, want us to throw the last one in? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the last one is how far out should I start practicing posing for a show? As far out as you possibly can. <laughs> the more practice you have, the more fluid and natural it's going to feel to you. First time you step on stage, there's a very good chance you'll black out. So make sure that you have like these patterns down. Bye. <laughs> um, make sure you have these, the uh, actual like muscle memory, um, sorry, the habits formed of the muscle memory of the poses and everything so that it's very fluid to you when you're up there. Uh, you just wanna make sure you're as prepared as possible. So don't wait till the last minute it will not turn out well on stage. <laughs> I always like to um, compare it to honestly dancing. Like back in my dancing days, like would yeah. you prepare for a recital the week before? Like, no, you've been working for the fact that like when you go on there and you have your two minute dance, like you have no thoughts going through your brain. You are just automatically moving your body in a way that like you don't even think. So yep. however long it takes you to get into that state where like, there could be freaking like think about like all these blinking lights and flashing people and you're so nervous and all these things like you have to be in a state where you're like zoned out and you're just like your body's going because your mind is going to be going a thousand other directions too right exactly and i mean it's literally choreographing so it's so yeah. similar to that, that that's yeah. a perfect analogy <laughs> that's why i loved it <laughs> <laughs> all right let me throw in one more question um, yeah, we're it, done on our end, so. Okay, cool. Is aloe vera actually helpful for gut lining? Um, so I looked into this because I'm going to be honest, I haven't ever used it in practice. The reason being is because I've personally tried it, actually, and I didn't notice an effect, and I haven't seen an effect when, when I've heard from other people either. However, I did look into this on PubMed, and there are a lot of studies that show that people benefit from aloe vera um, specifically in those with IBS diarrhea dominant or IBS mixed. So what I will say is ultimately you need to get to your root cause and you need to understand what's causing that. Um, I, again, don't think that it's a cure-all. Um, it might be a nice supplement to add, especially for people who have active like gastritis or any sort of very severe inflammatory reactions that's going on. Um, but other than that, I can't recommend it for the general public, of course. <laughs> right. When you do have it, though, since I was on PubMed, I might as well regurgitate this. Um, <laughs> I believe the dosing, the correct dosing, is around 7 grams of aloe vera gel. So whatever you would need to use to accordingly mm. get that. I don't know how great that's going to taste. Actually, I do know, and it's not very good. <laughs> I do like those aloe vera drinks, but now I'm on a tangent. So, anyways, I, I used to drink those. They're good. They're little like they, little leaf things that you can chew on. <laughs> I like them. They definitely increased motility for me. That was for sure. <laughs> there you go, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> aloe vera. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Was where'd you get them? Which ones did you get? Um, those like uh, the green kind of square bottles yep. uh, that yep. you get at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, I think they sell them at Walmart. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Never Anyone who wants to find out, they sell them at Whole Foods. They sell them at Walmart. Go try it out and see if it helps, um, yeah. and report back to us. 
Um, just a reminder, tomorrow I have the free webinar for anyone. It is February 16th. Um, be sure to join if you are looking for just understanding what you can do to take hold of your gut health. Um, I'm sharing all of our core perform gut health pillars. We're going over 50 ways to change your gut health. I'm telling you exactly what your doctor is going to tell you and the steps that's going to it's they're going to take you in when you go into the doctor's office so that you can feel like you know and better understand what's coming towards you. Um, and hopefully it helps anyone start their journey a little bit better. So with that said, congrats to our giveaway winner, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.